From LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. I'm your host, Ryan Dietrich. I just think sentiment and confidence are the things that you got to look at the most because comps aren't going to matter anything anymore. You're going to have nowhere, clearly, economists have no earthly idea where payrolls are going to go. Um, and frankly, comps are going to be tough to look at for companies. So what do you have to go on? It's confidence and it's sentiment. And right now, those are on the rise. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of the LPL Market Signals podcast. Ryan Dietrich here. And on the line, we have Bert White. And up in Boston, we have Jeff Bookbinder. So, Bert, let's start with you. Whenever I take a vacation, the market gets killed. Last week, you had a little bit of a break, maybe not as much as you wanted, but boy, the bull market keeps going. Is that a sign by itself? Because you know when you leave the office, it's going to go crazy. And it kept going up last week. Yeah, I, I I almost didn't come back, Ryan, for lots of reasons, but that was one of them. Uh, I, I, you know, I I really needed a change of scenery. I've been in this room, and I thought I had a great home office until I actually had to work in it, and then I realized I ate my home office, and so it feels like a cage. So we went to the mountains. I worked from up there. It was just a different scene, and uh, boy, it was uh, it, it was a heck of a scene. I mean. Plus, it was no humidity and in the 70s, which is very different than you're in Charlotte here lately. Yeah, at least in Charlotte today, I think I saw like 94 and it's going to rain. So you just know it's going to be very, very hot and sticky. Um, now, Jeff, you sent an email over the weekend. You guys had some monsoon in Boston. Is that how, how was the weather in Boston over the weekend? Yeah, it, it, it rained really hard on Saturday. But uh, good news is it cooled it down a little bit because uh, – even up here, it got pretty hot there uh, for a while on uh, Saturday morning. Got it. And I, I give the update. I know last week a lot of you were concerned about me because, as I mentioned, my wife and kids all went up to Ohio for a little break, and I stayed down here in Charlotte. So week one of being a bachelor, I made it. Friday and Saturday night, I had some buddies over. We played Papa Shot for hours on end up in the kids' room, played video games. It was a, it was. I think I think they all wanted. They all said we should do this every single weekend. It was it was a lot of fun with the neighbors. So. Uh, one more week to go as a bachelor. So with that, though, guys, there's a lot to discuss, a lot of interesting things happening. This week on the LPL Market Signals podcast, we're going to take a closer look at the economy. You know, as we inching closer to our mid-year outlook, we're starting to formulate some of our views there and what we see potentially with the, um, with the economy. And we're going to focus on that. But also part two of that is clearly that strong jobs number that we just saw on Friday. We're going to dive into what exactly that potentially means uh, for the economy, obviously potentially good things, but is the economy coming back faster than just about any of us expected? And then we're going to end it up with the best 50-day rally in the history of the stock market. That just took place uh, last week and kind of what all of that means. So, I mean, Bert, you were on vacation, uh, working, working vacation. So, you know, we kind of said to give you the softballs, so to speak, you know, to get into it. But the economy, you know, the shape of this economy, we was calling it kind of maybe more of a V than a U, maybe kind of a swish sign. I mean, what what are you looking at for this economy right here and now? Well, you know, I, 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 well, first of all, it's it's really clear that the reopening process is underway, right? right. And it's and it's starting to go through. And I think that's important. I, I do think that, the, the, you know, one of the things we always have to think about is sort of when you're building a house, you know, you, you do the really big chunks and then the last bit of building the house takes forever, right? It looks like your house is done, but it takes like four more months for them to put the crown molding on and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And, and 
and and or, or like when you're cleaning your your room, I tell my kids to clean the room, and like all they do is pick up the pillows, and the room looks half clean, right? They haven't done anything else. It's the big stuff, and I think I think that's a little bit of this recovery. Like I think the the first part, this is why it's more of a swoosh. You're going to see a big recovery from a big part of our economy, but that last next bit is going to be a little slower. That's why I think we don't think this is a V. Um, and and why you're likely going to end up getting a, a good chunk, but then it's going to take a while, that last bit, because there is a ceiling. Let's face it, restaurants are opening, but they can only be half capacity. And, and, and um, you know, the savings rate is up, which means that um, people are, you know, have some assets, but they're not spending it as much as they were before. And so you, you've got a fair amount of things that are going to provide a ceiling as to what that looks like. And so because of that, um, I think the, the biggest component pieces of it, Ryan, is just that, this looks like it's reopening, but right. we got a ceiling to it on that last part. Uh, good point. You know, you mentioned how sometimes it takes a while to get stuff finished at your house. We moved exactly four years ago last week to Charlotte. And in our garage, we literally have like four big boxes stored up top that I have no idea what's in them. And my wife and I are like, well, we've lived four years without them. So, hey, <laughs> you know, whenever we move again, I guess we'll open them up because we're not in a hurry and they're kind of buried there. So, I don't know, hopefully there's not money in there or something. But anyway, so Jeff, um, you know, the, you wrote this week's weekly market commentary. And again, it's kind of a high level view of where we see the second half of the year as we're starting to again, formulate our mid-year outlook, which we're going to release in about a month or so. What are you thinking on the economic front, Jeff? What, what The swoosh is probably the, the way it's going to be, but what, what's the stuff you're watching? Well, the, the biggest question, Ryan, is, um, you know, are we going to get a second wave mm -hmm. or are we going to get a vaccine? Um, it's tough to, um, you know, have a base case when your bull case and your bear case are just so dramatically <laughs> diametrically opposed, right? So yeah. we say a lot, uncertainty is, is of course, very high. Uh, maybe we're getting a lesson here um, that... Um, you know, you can't focus just too much on the downside surprise because there's a possibility that you get surprised in the other direction. That's certainly what happened on Friday, uh, you know, what some are calling the biggest upside surprise to any economic data point ever in history, that, that jobs number. Yeah, we'll talk about the jobs number here in a minute, but that's a, that's a good point. I mean, and you think about what's going on with COVID-19. Um, we've talked a lot about it, obviously, almost nonstop for, for three months now. But what we saw over the weekend, 500,000 tests two days in a row. Okay, that's the first time that's ever happened. The reality of the fact is there is more and more testing taking place in the United States. And the percentage of overall tests that are positive continues to be down around 5% or so. So we're not seeing a, a major tick higher there, which is a good thing. And just last week, I believe, Jeff, it was on Thursday, uh, either Thursday or Friday, but New York City fortunately did not have a single death uh, due to COVID-19 for the first time in months. Now, Bert, I want to bring you in for a second. You mentioned the savings rate, and Jeff and I touched on this last week, just kind of at the end, almost like the cherry on top. But the savings rate came in at 33% last month, just shattering, again, shattering any record. You talk about 2020, we've got a lot of good records, a lot of bad records. My, my concern, and I'll pose it to you here in a second, Bert, the Great Recession, I'm sorry, the Great Depression, that we saw that. People were scarred by it, and they saved money for decades. And you could argue that was partially why the economy didn't come. And believe me, there's some other things to argue. But that was partially why the economy didn't come back. If people just keep saving here, what could that mean? I mean, it, it is a slow recovery, right? What's your take there? Well, I, I agree completely, Ryan. And, well, and that was one of the really <laughs> big, big, you know, uh, problems that came out of the Great Depression, but also the Great Recession. And, and you've 
obviously I've been probably more anti-Fed than anyone that you know. Um, and, and I've said for a long time, zero rates psychologically hurt people a lot. You, you've got a big part of this, of, of this economy, folks that are on fixed incomes, folks that are just getting by. And, and when you've got a savings, when you've got interest rates at zero, uh, what that really forces people to do is not spend their money. When you're going from an interest rate of 10 down to five and you're getting paid half, then you're incentivized knowing the fact that you could spend some because the rest of your money is going to earn 5%. But when you go to zero, you know, people say, whoa, wait a minute. Uh, I gotta, I gotta really put these things under the mattress. And that's really what happened in the Great Depression. That's what happened in the Great Rust Session. And what you didn't see is a robust snap in, in spending, and you saw increased in savings rate as rates, interest rates move lower. And, and as the Fed moved interest rates lower this time, you know, I think what it did that mixed with this pandemic, mixed with unemployment, mixed with all the other uncertainties, it just lends itself to people being able to say, I'm, I'm going to be really careful about that marginal disposable next dollar and uh, put it under the mattress. Yeah, no, good, good points there. So we'll continue clearly to watch the savings rate, which comes out monthly, um, kind of what's happening there. But the flip side is incomes were up over 10% also last month, again, uh, due to the stimulus um, and the checks that were sent out. But Jeff, let's go to the jobs number now. So this is kind of part two of our economic uh, discussion. And boy, oh boy, I, I thought it was a misprint when I first saw it. Two and a half million jobs. I mean, 70 economists, according to Bloomberg, were looking for an average of about seven and a half million jobs lost. So to put the bow on this, it was only off by 10 million. Um, you know, Jeff, you had a weekend to sleep on it or to think about it. I mean, market rallied like mad on, on um, Friday on the stronger jobs number, hopeful that the economy is coming back faster than we thought. What, what are your takeaways after thinking about it for a few days over the weekend? Yeah, no doubt, Ryan, this is a positive sign. And the reopening is, is happening faster than just about anybody thought. So clearly good news. It's consistent with the improving real-time economic data we've seen, right? I mean, whether you're looking at, you know, people driving, flying, eating out, using electricity, filling up their gas tanks, whatever it is, um, we're seeing hotel occupancies, we're seeing a lot of signs, more economic activity, and that's that's great. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the other side of it here, though, is, um, you know, the stimulus is probably delayed some people from being classified as, uh unemployed. We've got, you know, we, we don't want to get too wonky, but, mm -hmm. you know, the Bureau of Labor Statistics basically said there's three points of people that just weren't at work, but were classified as employed, right? So, you know, some of those people will eventually be classified as unemployed. So, you know, it's going to be you know, maybe a little bit sticky, that number in the near term. We're not going to continue to improve several points more than people expect each month. Uh, but the you know it's certainly good news. This latest third you know fourteen percent or so number could be the the high this cycle. Yeah, I mean just to think about are we in a recession? Are we not in a recession? I mean we were in a recession and we just had two and a half million jobs created last month. And I took a look historically going back to the forties with data, and the four hundred largest job months ever, the four hundred largest ever. None of them saw the economy in a recession. We just had the largest jobs gain ever. So that's something to think about. It poses the question. Maybe, Bert, I'll go to you. Did we just have a two-month recession? I mean, is it over? Is it, Was that it? Do we have a two-month? We said on record this would be the shortest recession ever in all likelihood. 
<laughs> two months will be the shortest. Well, what do you think? Yeah, it, it very well could be right. I know. Yeah. It's going to be short. I, 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 I think we're all shocked it could be that short. I, I don't know if it will end up being officially that short, but it's going to be a, a, a short one. There, there's a lot of caveats, and I think J Jeff said one of them. You know, I would say a, another one that I would put, one of the stats that, that I saw in there was that, you know, 9.4 million people are out of the labor force, and the labor force participation rate is the thing that I'm probably – most skeptical of. So take that 13% unemployment rate that was uh, suggested, and then Jeff just talked about maybe having to add 3 million back in. That takes you to 16 million or 16%. The other part is the participation rate. I mean, the, the, the participation rate went from you know 63.4%, so almost 64% before, to now uh, right around 60%. That's like really low. And the rule of thumb is that for every one point of participation rate, it's about one and a half percent of unemployment rate. And so that's a three percent move. So you're going to add another four or five back in. So that's where you get back up to, you know, closer to 20. And yep. so if I had to guess what the real unemployment rate was, it wouldn't be 13.3. It would be closer to, you know, 18 or 20. Once you add the three million that Jeff just talked about, once you add the participation rate back in of four or five percent, you're much higher. That said, it's clearly temporary. And that's the real key on this is the two lessons for me on this. Number one is temporary, which is what you said, two months maybe. One is temporary. The other thing is it just shows that it is, if I learned anything in this particular period, is that uh, there is a 0% chance that we have any earthly idea how to protect economic data during periods like this. I mean, like, like these are unprecedented times, and you just cannot predict it. Uh, you have no idea. That's like the old joke, why did God create economists to make weathermen look good? That's, a, that's an oldie but a goodie. Also, last week we had a birthday in the house. Um, John Maynard Keynes had a birthday, and I love his quote because it's right now what we're talking about. He's famous for saying, when the facts change, I change my mind. What do you do, sir? So that makes you think about how quickly the economic data is changing. You know, hey, we only have the data in front of us and the things are changing potentially for the um, for the better here. So just two quick takeaways for me as I had the weekend to think about those jobs numbers. Like you said, Bert, we're temporary. In April, over 20 million people lost their jobs. If there's any positive to the April jobs number, 78% of those people that lost jobs said they expected it to be temporary. That um, is maybe playing out a little bit more than any of us thought. Also, I looked at all 11 recessions since World War II. The most recent two, the tech bubble uh, recession and the Great Financial um, Recession, or the Great Recession, were the longest to recover the jobs losses. It took four years to recover all the jobs lost after the tech bubble in the early 2000s, and it took six and a half years to make up all the jobs that were lost during the um, Great Recession. So, you know, what I'm getting at, and I think what we're getting at, is this is going to take a long time potentially to get back to the economy that we once had. But again, the stock market is a forward-looking mechanism saying maybe better times can be um, ahead. So, Bert, I want to ask you this one. This is, I don't even know the answer, but I think it's really interesting. Is the market having a seven-year itch? And here's what I mean. If you look at bull markets, in 1950, the bull market started. Seven years later, 1957, it was a 20% correction and a recession. Bull market of 82, everyone says 82 is the start of the bull market. New highs were made in 1980. I would argue that bull market started in 1980. 
Seven years later, what happened? Oh, a little thing called the 87 crash. This cycle, in my opinion, started in 2013, this bull market. That's when you broke out the new highs. Here we are seven years later with a 34% correction, terrible economic data recession. But it's the seven-year thing. Mark Twain said what? History doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. I mean, could we have years to go? What I'm getting at is could there be years to go to this secular bull market um, with the seven-year itch that just took place? Put you on the spot here. Yeah, well, uh, that's that was complicated, Ryan. Uh, Every seven I, years, I, big pullback. There we go. <laughs> I, I would say, you know, I am I am amazed. The longer, the older I get, um, I am amazed by the comment uh, that that someone made to me earlier in my career that the biggest line investing is that it's different this time. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, it's not different this time. It's different names and and different causes. And so I find it, I don't find it non-ironic, uh, the fact that you do have these periodic secular uh, events that, that keep showing up. Um, we talked about this pandemic. You know, it's a 50-year pandemic, and mm -hmm. we've had them every 50 years. We had two of them. And guess what? My odds are that 50 years from now, we're going to have another really bad pandemic because, you know, boy, it, that sort of happens that way. And the same is true with this. The other thing I just say is the market is human. And if humans have a seven-year itch, for God's sake, you know, we probably bring a lot of our stuff to uh, to our behavior. Um, and so uh, maybe it is, man. Maybe yeah. you've uncovered something. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll see. It's it's sure, it's sure interesting, and it is playing out so far. So, guys, we've got uh, maybe six or seven more minutes. So, Jeff, let's talk about last week, which we know went viral. The best 50 days of the year. We did a study, LPLResearch.com, and it was, it was everywhere. Um, the stock market had just a trim, almost up 40%. 50 days off of the lows of March 23rd. If the S&P 500 became 500 stocks in 1957, and that was the best 50-day rally we've ever seen in history. Now, Jeff, the future returns, near term, believe me, there's some pullbacks, and we think that makes a lot of sense here. But six to 12 months later, more often than not, this is a sign that it's closer to the start of a new bull market than a bear market rally. Um, you know, 82's in there, 97, 98, 2009. Those are some of those years after big pullbacks, we had big explosive moves higher. What's your take on the best 50 days? I think we're potentially gonna have the best 60 days here. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> That's my first <laughs> reaction to that. It's remarkable. I think that the, um, you know, this is a classic early cycle major move off of a, a bear market low, right? And you mentioned 82, that's what we got in the early 80s. Certainly what we got in, in uh, 2003, 2009. So, you know, Bert, I think made a great point. You know, it's, people think it's different this time. Well, it's not. We're, we're just following that that pattern. You know, the um, so the, the, the deeper the, the cut, the stronger the healing, right? And, um, you know, we just got some of the strongest market healing that we've ever seen in, in our careers. And I think even folks who are, you know, my folks age or older would say the same thing. I mean, this is just, we overuse the word unprecedented, but it's unprecedented. But if you look at market history, this is really normal behavior as hard as uh, that might be uh, for some folks to believe. Yeah, the other famous Keynes quote, he said, the market can remain irrational longer than you can stay solvent and some some something about the best 50 day rally they're maybe playing in there a little bit Bert, we've got a couple more minutes to go um you know the fed is up this week is there any thoughts on the fed or just big picture views people should be aware of as we're um in the middle of june as we keep on going into june what do you think to bring us home here i can't even believe it i can't yeah. believe it. 
we're mid-year already. Uh, you know, the big thing that keeps coming back to me is just how everything resolves around two things, sentiment and confidence. Sem sentiment and confidence, frankly, is what wags everything. That is the fuel to everything. And, and, and I think that, that really what you're starting to see is that investors are beginning to realize and the market is beginning to realize that it has confidence in the investing of America and what that future looks like. I just go back to 9-11, um, and, and we talked about this you know, before, but you go back to 9-11 and you look back at it and you think, um, you know, that, was, that moment right after 9-11 was the least safe we've ever felt. Um, and what happened was there was a reinvesting, a reinvesting in safe and security and other things, and it's changed the way travel worked and all that kind of stuff. And there's still clearly bad things happening out there in the world, and people still want to hurt other people, and all that happens. But the reality is, we've come a long way, and there was a massive investment in that. And I think that that the same is going through right now. There is a transformation of trends, whether it be the move to digital, whether it be the you know the move to work from home, whether it be, there's tons of trends that are very positive for companies, frankly. Um, and I think the market is looking at saying, this, was, this is gonna be a, a long-term investment catalyst that's gonna end up being very positive, I think for, the, for companies, for corporate America, for earnings and for our economy going down the road. And I think the market's focused on that a bit. And so, Ryan, I just think sentiment and confidence are the things that you gotta look at the most because comps aren't gonna matter anything anymore. You're gonna have no, clearly, economists have no earthly idea where the <laughs> payrolls are gonna go. Um, and frankly, comps are gonna to be tough to look at for companies. So what do you have to go on? It's confidence and it's sentiment. And right now those are on the rise. Uh, great points. Jeff, we got about 30 seconds. The Fed is up. Will the Fed make us more confident on Wednesday or not? What do you think happens Wednesday? Yeah, they might be a little less willing to talk about zero interest rates in 2022, but we are going to continue to hear uh, from them that they will do whatever it takes, continue these programs that they've put in place, uh, certainly maintain a significantly increased uh, balance sheet to support uh, uh, financial markets as we uh, bridge to the other side of this. Uh, good stuff there, Jeff. And thank you very much, Bert. And thank you to all the listeners. I guess it would have been two weeks ago, we hit another record number of listens on this podcast. So thank you so much for the continued partnership. You guys keep listening. We will keep doing it. So everyone have a great week. Thanks again to Bert and Jeff for joining. And uh, we'll see everyone next week. Take care. And thank you for being here at the latest LPL Market Signals podcast. Bye-bye, everybody. This material was provided by LPL Financial, is for general information only, and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. There is no assurance that the views or strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Any economic forecasts set forth in the podcast may not develop as predicted and are subject to change. References to markets, asset classes, and sectors are generally regarded the corresponding market index. All indexes are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Index performance is not indicative of the performance of any investment. All performance reference is historical and it's no guarantee of future results. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Securities and advisory services offered through Opel Financial, a registered investment advisor and broker dealer. Member FINRA and SIPC, insurance products are offered through LPL or its licensed affiliates. To the extent 
you are receiving investment advice from a separately registered investment advisor. That is not an LPL affiliate. Please note, LPL makes no representation with respect to such entity. If your financial professional is located at a bank or credit union, please note that the bank or credit union is not registered as a broker dealer or investment advisor. These products and services are being offered through LPL or its affiliates, which are separate entities from and not affiliates of the bank or credit union. Securities and insurance offered through LPL or its affiliates are not insured by the FDIC or NCUA or any government agency. Not bank or credit union guaranteed, not bank or credit union deposits or obligations, and may lose value.